Hey guys, and welcome back to the Vertex Project podcast. Today we have James and Nick. Hey guys. And um, of course myself, Ben. Today we're going to go through a few topics. We're going to talk about ego, intent, and sort of briefly cover um, going into funding programs such as FTMO, 5%ers, all of those sort of things. So I'm going to start with ego and just say that ego has no place in trading whatsoever. Um, whether it's short term or long term, if you're winning trades in any way, shape or form and you've had a good week, say you're of 20% for a week, which is obviously fantastic. But at the end of the day, uh, you're still trading the same way that everyone else is going to be trading, right? In the next week, you come back to it and you've still got the same process to go at it. The only difference is you either have a mental edge or you have a mental sort of uh, drawback and if you go into it with an ego thinking that you're going to replicate the week before uh, you may start forcing trades taking trades that you don't see those sort of things and you may go into it without actually following your plan because last week went so well you're up 20 percent uh, you know you're like oh i can go in i can lose a few and it's fine um and you're probably going to be thinking you're going to get the same sort of wins. And if you don't, you're going to feel really disheartened. And then you're going to get that drawback in your psycholo- uh, psychological side. Um, and in terms of ego in general, in terms of putting more money, risking more, nothing like that should ever affect anything with your trading plan. It should always be the same risk percentage. You should always be managing your risk. And you shouldn't just sort of go into an all-in trade if just because you've had a good win streak because it's not going to happen and eventually if it does work and eventually you keep going you are going to lose your account in the end um i don't think any of us in here have really ever had many problems with ego i don't believe no i'm not, no. not ticking to be honest uh, i think no, no I, I think maybe that's probably quite a big reason why we're, we're quite you know um established and reasonably consistent i think because no matter what happens one week we come back the next um with the with the same kind of mindset the same plan if you make you know if if, if we have a week like you just said a 20 percent week we don't come back the next week and go oh okay i'm gonna risk five percent now instead of one because i've had that win because that takes you down that kind of sort of spiral of trying to flip accounts etc thinking you're you're bigger than the market and you will just eventually the you know the fun will run out and you will blow your account um and that's what i think that's what kills quite a lot of traders as they're getting going um you know you get your first your first wins and you feel excited and you're like okay i can i can i can add to this and add to this but then you kind of violate your trading plan um and eventually like i just said it's it's your luck is going to run out um and you know that's that's why a lot of people go out of the market quite early i think because they just deviate from that plan and kind of let their emotions rule them a bit um, yeah, it comes hand in hand with greed as well, really. Yeah, um, exactly. If you've got a big ego, you are going to get greedy. Um, you see this time and time again. People say, oh, "I've only got a hundred pound account, and I've I've made twenty percent, which is great." And then they're like, "I'm going to try and you know flip it now," and it just it just never works. No matter how much um, is in your account, whether it's ten pound, fifty pounds, a million pounds, your trading should be exactly the same, no matter how much you've got in there. Even if it's just a hundred pound, it should, you know, it's all percentage based. So that may be ten percent of your net worth or your your savings or whatever it is, and then someone else has a million pound, and that could be ten percent of their savings. And you should be trading the same because eventually, when you come into money, 
or you know you get a better job or whatever happens and you slowly start compounding your account the trading's going to be the same and you need to develop that consistency before you actually get the money uh which actually leads us on to our next point about not rushing the process um you know you've you've got to go through all the things with intent um and i think was it james that was going to talk about this or nick yeah, yeah I'll, I'll i'll well it's up to you i can i can start and then we can just sort of roll from there i think um i think intent's very important you know um there's all these things uh within trading that maybe aren't it's not the glamorous side of things, but I think you have to do very well and very consistently to sort of bring that long-term edge to your to your trading. Like we got back testing, we got journaling. These are things that people don't really, well, from what from what we've seen, people don't really like to do, um, and they are a little bit tedious. I know people don't want to be sitting there, you know, back testing the charts and, and developing their statistics. They want to be out there live trading straight away, but. Um, these things are really underlooked and really important because they not only establish your edge over the market, but they help with your psychology. Um, so if you've if you've got a thorough process of backtesting to support the edge you think you have, then you can go into your you know your forward testing completely confident in what you're doing. But if you haven't sort of taken the time and gone through that sort of rigorous, boring process of, of backtesting the charts, then you're sort of going in a little bit blind um which can be difficult right i mean you've got no guarantee in your edge then and well well you never have a guarantee in your edge but you've got no real evidence to support your idea and then also you haven't developed that kind of confidence which relates to the psychology which is so important um yeah Yeah, i think it's just like a downward spiral of emotions if you don't do these things you know you get angry because you start losing your money you get emotional because you don't actually trust that the strategy works or whatever it may be. You just sort of in a downward spiral from then on. Um, I think it still comes into ego, to be fair, with backtesting, because a lot of people will either hit like a, a one really good trade or they'll start and they think, oh, I don't need to do that. I'm just going to go straight into it and I'll be absolutely fine. You know, I learn things quickly. But as Nick said earlier, if you don't, if you don't do the tedious things that you need to do, the market will humble you very quickly. Yeah, I think it's like, say if you had a ladder and then, you know, you're putting the ladder together or whatever, obviously it's, for example, like an unbuilt ladder and you're putting each step in, but if you're skipping steps, you may be able to get up there and then when you try and come back down, you know, you've got a big gap to jump down Um, and then you're not actually be able, he'll not actually be able to get off that ladder, which is the same sort of like downward spiral. Once you're in that bad habit, it's hard to sort of get out of it. Uh, especially if you've not built the foundation behind it with your risk management, your backtesting, your journaling. And uh, as for intent, you've got to really want to do well in trading. You've got to really actually mean it. There's no point in backtesting and then, you know, going, okay, I've done 10 trades this time. I'm going to go live next time. You've got to really be backtesting, you know, a couple times a week at least and journaling everything that that comes out of backtesting. So it just feels like a double waste of time because you're putting all of this effort in, you're not getting anything out. But it is what you have to do before you actually start making money. We always use this analogy, but it's like going to university or, you know, becoming a doctor, a chef or anything like that. You've got to do the study beforehand and then you've got to do, you know, your, your exams and then you practice and then you eventually start making money from it. 
And it's the same with trading. It's it's not a get-rich-quick scheme. If you think it is, then you know you either need to take that out your head or trading's not for you. Um, and it's the same with journaling. Think- you don't want to journal just because Tans or James or me or Nick said so. You've you've really got to actually want to do it and look after look over it. There's no point writing stuff down and not looking at it, because then you've just wasted your time, basically. Definitely. I think people need to remember why they started trading in the first place as well. I see a lot of people start and then a month later they've already forgotten their their foundations. So for me, for example, I started because I just hate working like a normal job, right? Um, I like doing whatever when I want to do it. So for me, the back testing and building my confidence um, from previous price action or even forward testing, it just solidifies that fact to me that you know, like it, it gains my confidence even more than it already is, um, which obviously massively helps you while you're live trading. And if you don't want to do the back testing, why why are you trading? Why should you be able to trade the live if you can't trade previous price? Um, I think it's just really important to remember, you know, why you started and don't think, oh, all I want to do is make money. Because you need you need to make money on a small account before you can even think about making money on a big account. Even though it's exactly the same percentages, right? As you said, trades or percentage games. Um, you still need to be yeah. It's the same with ego, isn't it? You still need you just need to be chill. And you need to remember you are a tiny little fish in this massive market. You're you're basically just by doing all this stuff, you're laying down those foundations for long term success. Because even if you start and you know, people, when they first come into the market, different things happen to different people. Like you, you get people that will begin and immediately for a period of time will start making money or you get people that really struggle. Um, but it doesn't really matter. After a longer period of time, eventually things are going to catch up to you if you don't put that sort of um, foundation work in, you know, to pre- sort of prepare you for a long-term success. Because tra- training is very, very difficult. Like m- most people will leave the market or are unprofitable or will fail or whatever. Um, so you need to make sure you are doing those things that people don't want to do. You know, every every success story has sacrifice in it. You know, it's very difficult to find someone that hasn't sacrificed something to get to where they want to be. Um, and if, you know, if, if sacrifice to you in the context of the market means taking those hours to do the tedious back test or making sure you go to your journal and write down how you're feeling when something bad happens or something good happens, um, when you go into the future and hopefully you find success, you'll thank yourself for it. And you can look back into your journal, for example, and think about what you were doing at that period of time. You know, you can kind of relate to what you've written down and it will take you back to that period in time and you'll just remember the hard work you put in. Um, and I think I think also it will feel better when you get some form of success because you would have actually worked for it. You know, you'd have covered all the bases. And I think that's more satisfying, to be honest, in my in my opinion anyway. Yeah, I've seen, it, I've seen it a lot to be fair where I've been speaking to someone that needs a bit of help and I'll say to them have you done your back testing have you gained confidence from that and they'll say to me oh no I haven't you've done the back testing for this strategy so I don't need to um, and I think a lot of people think that way you know someone comes in to, to learn from Tans and then says to Tans oh you've done it all for me I don't need to do anything instantly you're, you're, on, you're in the wrong mindset right yeah yeah, at that point, you basically just set yourself up to fail. Um, yeah, literally. And with that being said, actually, leading on from that, we'll, we'll uh, briefly talk about funding providers like FTMO. Uh, a lot of people join already midway through you know, the challenge and they're failing it. And they just think that joining this is going to suddenly 
make you, you know, this strategy is just going to suddenly pass your FTMO for you and fix everything, when that isn't the case uh, at all. Uh, I'm going to let Nick or James talk about this a little bit more, but um, in terms of going straight into funding, if you haven't done all the things previously, again, like we've spoke about, you know, backtesting, journaling with intent and reflecting on everything, and you haven't developed that consistency, there's no reason why you're going to pass the FTMO. And the thing is, even if you do, and you, you know, you fluke through it, there's no point. At the end of the day, you're still going to lose the account and you're going to get nothing from it. You've just actually wasted more time doing the challenge and potentially the verification then you know you could have been spending that time back testing and actually building the actual foundations you need to succeed um there's no point in rushing the process at all once you do master it or get close to mastering you know you get the consistency and you're there you pretty much instantly be given 100k to trade or more depending on your funding provider um so there's that's like in theory, get rich quick. You've worked however many months or even years to become rich overnight, and that's exactly where that saying comes from uh, in terms of trading. Anyway, um, I don't know what you guys think about this. Yeah, yeah sorry, sorry, Nick, you go. Go there. No, all you, mate, you go. To me, right? Honestly, if you haven't at least traded a little account, right? Whether it be twenty-five quid, fifty quid, hundred quid. And you haven't consistently made profit on that for at least six months. Do not take a funding challenge because you will 99% lose it. Um, as you said, Ben, even if you do get past the first bit, you've then got to you've then got to verify it. You've got to do the second stage, and then you've got to actually make profit on the real money. Um, and the amount the amount of people I see chuck 500 pound into a challenge and then you know either fluke it or lose on the second stage and i'll say to them also oh, what, what's happened what's different to your um your previous chain you know what tell me about what you've done before and they said oh no i've just learned it and i've gone straight into funding and that's a massive pattern i see you know for me i literally had when i first ever started obviously I've, i said the last one i was doing signals right but um when i did start to learn myself i literally just chucked 50 pounds in an account I stuck to my rules. I kept a 1% of trade and I just traded that for like five, six months. Um, there's literally no reason why you shouldn't do that, right? Because as Ben said at the start, money is money, percentage is percentage. It doesn't matter if you're making 20% on 50 quid or if you're making 20% on 10 million. It's exactly the same percentage gain. And I think this comes, comes down to ego again because people think, oh, I'm just going to go straight for it, right? Get rich quick. I'm just going to pass you 100,000. And then I'm going to do a 30% month and then I'm going to get my withdrawal. But that is just not sustainable at all. I think I think a lot of people have it the wrong way around. Like, obviously, we want, want you guys to come join the community and learn from us. But wherever you learn from or choose to get your education, um, educate yourself before you go into these challenges. We, we get people messaging us every week saying, oh, if I, if I join your education, I don't have the money for an FTMO then. So what do I do? Um, and I just think that's just the really is the wrong way to be looking at it. You shouldn't be trying to jump into your FTMO funded challenge before you've even educated yourself. You know, get your education again, wherever you want to get it. That's up to you. Um, build those kind of foundations then and then, you know, move into the FTMO afterwards. So many people have it the wrong way around. They chase the, the illusion of the big number um, and just forget like, sort of what they're meant to be doing in terms of educating themselves and building those foundations. Um, and I think maybe, I don't know, I guess that relates to 
it, it kind of relates to greed. I don't I don't blame people for for kind of picturing the possibilities of the big account, but you've just got to align your steps of your journey in the right way. I think, and a lot of people kind of do it the wrong way around in my in my opinion anyway i don't know what you guys think about that yeah i mean the thing is with all this funding going around at the moment um they've obviously had a lot of hype in the past couple of years uh i don't think anyone can deny that ftmos became huge all funding providers have been became pretty big in fact um and it is people you, you start putting numbers together don't you you just say you know i can get four hundred thousand pound funding off ftmo if i even make simply five percent a month you know what's that? Uh, Twenty thousand pound a month. Yeah. And then you start thinking, oh, I can do this and that with twenty thousand pound a month, and it's, it's like, you start thinking of all these endless opportunities that don't actually exist because you've still never made five percent two months running. You know, like. Yeah. You've had one winning trade, and then you start thinking about the dreams. Uh, imagine if this was a hundred k funding or whatever, and you've only made even like two pounds. Say that was two percent of your hundred pound account. That's, and then you're like, ah, oh, that would have been two k on an FTMO. So I'll just do my FTMO. But it just doesn't work like that. Um, well, yeah, it just, it just doesn't work like that at all. It's I've, I've literally spoke to people right that have, that have failed an FTMO and they've come to me and they've messaged me and they said, oh, I failed. Could you help me? And I've said, ah, oh, so like I said earlier, what's different to your previous like trade? And obviously, you were already profitable, right? And they literally say, oh, no, I've never traded live before. And that is so backwards. You can't go from never trading live into £100,000. It's just not going to work. Yeah, and you just you you, pressure as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, you've basically just thrown away an education fee for, Backs, for nothing, yeah. right? You're unprepared and you've just, you've just basically just funded FTMO. Um, people with people would rather risk a £500 challenge than spending 500 pound on education that six months down the line is then gonna equip them to have a good chance of actually passing the FTMO not on luck or fluke but actually consistently sustainably running the account yeah yeah exactly i mean it it is all just a bit backwards but it all leads to ego greed you know psychology and if you can't control if you can trade using the 50 pound account for six months you know like james did then that cuts out all it just shows that you can control greed because even if you made 200, 300%, you're only up to, you know, 150 pounds, 200 pounds. So to say that you've, you've done that for so long is actually quite impressive and you've managed just, your risk just, throughout the entire time. It just embeds it into your brain as well to remember about the, about the percentage. So even now, for example, when I hit like, a, I don't know, let's just say I do a, a 30% week, right? I have a fantastic week and hit 30%. I feel no different to when I hit 30% on 50 quid to my balance now. Um, and I think that, that helps me massively because I'm not, I'm not looking at these numbers and I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to go out and buy something new or I'm going to go get a watch like a lot of people do. You know, I'm sitting in exactly the same mindset as I was, you know, back in the day when I was just trading a little tiny account. Yeah. And you embedded those good habits into yourself throughout that whole process, right? So, 100%. And in that time, you've built these habits that still serve you today, what? three years three years later so yeah um and to be fair i don't i obviously it's you personally but without going through that sort of stage of the journey do you think you'd probably be where you are now if I, I think if i i just went straight in i trusted funded i think i'd have given up because yeah. i know i know i would have failed and then i'd have thought oh this isn't for me why have i failed and i just wouldn't have understood but 
you know, starting off with a little small account, slowly working my way up um, those five months or whatever. Um, just, just you know, it always stuck with me, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it would have been a really boring part of your, like, you know, your trading career or even your life, really. But it's like nothing good ever comes easy. And usually it's not fun either. Like, in terms of success, anyway. Obviously, other things. But in terms of success, it's rarely fun. Unless, you know, you're doing something that you love and you're lucky enough to be able to turn it into something that pays you more than the average salary. But if you're doing Forex purely for the freedom and the money, which I know most people are. Um, I believe, well, I know all four of us enjoy trading, but it's also, like, extremely stressful. But if if you're not willing to put in the work for the bad bits of, you know, what you do, then you don't deserve to reap the benefits of the, the good parts of it. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and that's, that's where the satisfaction comes as well. Like I was saying earlier, yeah. like, you, you take so much more pride in where you end up if you just remember how much sort of the hours and hours you've spent you know working yourself up to the point that you're at a sort yeah, of stage it makes success. it all worth it in the end as well you know that you've worked hard you know that you didn't get there by fluke and you've actually done it uh, it's like that book, that, as, that, as that quote we, we were talking about yesterday it's like if i do something in 15 minutes it's because i've spent ten thousand hours practicing it yeah, exactly. yeah, I think that, that, that says it so well, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. You know, if I can sit on a chart and I can mark out structure and find a point of interest in probably 30 seconds if I tried, and that all comes from the previous 10,000 hours of practicing. Yeah. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. But um, if you guys have enjoyed what we've spoke about today um, and anything along those lines, we actually speak about these things daily within our community in our psychology section if you do want to learn how to trade you know the right way based off what we've been talking about today as well as the strategies um and other content that's available on our youtube then make sure to check the link in the description we are going to end this podcast here today but we'll be back again very shortly with another one um yeah if you're watching on youtube make sure to like and subscribe otherwise that's it for today and we shall see you guys next time take care guys yeah